Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And if you're joining us online, we are glad you're here as well. And when you think of Christmas, what are some of the feelings that come with that thought? Think about it. Feel them. Okay. Um, and see, I, I don't know about you, um, but there are so many feels that come with Christmas, right? Um, how many of you would agree? There are a lot of feels that come with Christmas. If you are online watching and you agree, just put a thumbs up or type in agree because we, we want to know. But maybe um, for you, Christmas, did you just feel the weight of the expectation? Maybe you feel amazed by the wonder of the season, and there's just so much excitement. Oh, man, I want to be like that. But perhaps for you, it's feeling the stress of all the things, the shopping, the tree, the lights, the baking, the parties, the Christmas card, the hosting, the extended family, the gifts, um, all the things. And for some of you, like Natalia shared a couple weeks ago, it's the grief and the loneliness that you feel during this Christmas season. Um, well, welcome. I'm Ilsean. I'm one of the pastors here at Evergreen Christian Center, and we're so glad you're here. And I, I want to ask, can I share with you the feeling that I fight for the most, especially during the season? The feeling that we sing about, I mean, we sang about it today right? The feeling um, that I like want to be better at, but I struggle with. Um, the feeling that the Word of God says, uh, you know, count it a good thing. Count it a good thing when you're faced with trials of many kinds. Anyone want to guess what that feeling is? Joy. Joy. I really have to fight for joy during the season for me. Because I, I, I'm very good at feeling the stress, and I'm really good at just feeling the pressure of the expectation. Um, and so in the midst of all that we feel, how do we get to joy? That's what I want to know. And that's what I want to find out. And that's what we're going to hopefully learn today. Um, because we know that joy is not just something we sing about, not something just to sing about. Um, but it... In this season, it, it's something we all long for. We all long for joy. We all want more of joy in our lives. And so I want you to know that joy is transcendent. That joy um, is not based on what's happening to you, but what you choose to carry within you. Joy is not what's happening to me but it's what I'm choosing to carry within me. It's not temporary, but it's, um, it's lasting. The good stuff. The stuff that you're not going to run out of. And so we are going to look at two passages today. We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. And so will you join me? Hopefully it will be on the screen. You can open your Bible app if you have it on your phone. Or if you have a physical Bible, you can open your physical Bible as well. But in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12, it says this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby 
guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Then it continues to say, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The angel shows up out of nowhere, right? It says, suddenly, and there the angel is, and he makes this proclamation to, don't be afraid, and then he goes on to say, I'm about to bring you some really good news. They're actually good news that will bring great joy. And then um, if we read the previous verses, we realize that the angel has to say, don't be afraid, because it says that the shepherds are terrified, right? And um, they, they are fearful. And I don't know about you, but I'm very familiar with that feeling. I am familiar with the feeling of fear. Um, I am feeling it, some of it, right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, are they going to really pay attention? No, I'm just kidding. So I, I, know, I know that the way that we portray angels or the way that Hollywood has portrayed angels is, like, very beautiful and pretty and they're really tall and, you know, gorgeous looking and muscular and all that stuff. No, they're not? Oh, sorry. I must have looked at the wrong movie. But in the Bible, every time that angels show up, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid or do not fear, right? So it uh, goes to show us that we, we've gotten it wrong. <laughs> we've gotten it wrong. Because, you know, if we really look, like if you really want to look what angels look like, you can read Ezekiel, and there's a really good, like there's multiple faces going on, there's multiple wings going on. Anyways, that's not what the message is about today. But just so you know, that is why they were feeling fear. So fear makes sense. Fear makes sense. Why they're feeling fear totally makes sense. And they were experiencing something supernatural, a heaven-sent messenger giving them the greatest news that the world had heard up to that point. And so who are these people that this story references as shepherds? And why are they the ones to hear about the babe in the manger, the savior of the world? And see, according to historians and theologians, um, people smarter than me, it says that shepherds were considered, they were considered the lowest level of Jewish society. It says that um, they were the people labeled and considered unclean because of their profession. People who knew rejection, they were very familiar with rejection. People who were looked down on. And in Spanish, we have this term that we can use to refer to people like that, and it's this term called naco. They were nacos, right? And so someone that was counted out, somebody that was uninvited, somebody that you didn't want to be seen with, right? In Guatemalan, it's chusma. And people who knew that they weren't welcome. They knew that they weren't welcome. But yet, they are the first ones to hear the news of a Savior being born. Man, it makes me wonder, like, what message is God sending? 
Like what? Because God says with his actions, he says very loud things. And so what message is God sending that he shows up and the message is to these shepherds, people that would not be included in people that would be left out? I think that he's saying, look, this news of great joy, we hear it, we, we read it, it's for all people. It's for those that you wouldn't think this applies to. God is saying, I include everyone that is counted out. I don't exclude the unclean or those that have been labeled unclean. This good news, it's meant for everyone. It's meant for every single human being. And I love that the adjective used to describe joy is great joy. And that word means, means omega, means big, monstrous. Like this joy is not, not any joy. There's this bigness that comes with it. And if there's anything I want more in my life is that kind of joy. That joy that is so enormous. And see, to me, this is pretty amazing. It's incredible. It's wide eye, this kind of offer that is made. Okay, this news, it's going to bring you great joy. And so I, I want us to, to, to look at that and, and say, uh, you know, it, it's, it's for the unclean, it's for the lowly, it's for um, those that society has labeled knuckles. It's everyone of us gets this offer. This offer is made to everyone who hears these news. Now, I want to invite you to look at uh, the two passages. And first, we're going to look at Matthew 2. Um, actually, we already looked at Luke. So let's look at Matthew 2 and notice who else this joy is for. And see, what's happening in Matthew 2 is that the wise men have showed up from the east. And here they are, and they are on the search of a newborn king of the Jews. So they go to Herod, and they tell him this. They ask him, and in verse 3, this is what Herod's reaction is. It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. So my observation from this verse is that this good news of great joy is for the troubled and the powerful. And then we go on to read in verse 10, and it says that we see that the wise men have this reaction, and they say when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. So my observation from that is that this good news of great joy is for the seekers. Those that are seeking, those that are searching, it's for the educated. It's for the wealthy because that's what the wise men were believed to be, wealthy. And it shows with the gifts they gave to Jesus. And then in verse 13 and 14, we see that Joseph jumps into action after he has this dream. And the angel tells him, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he rose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. My observation out of that verse is that this good news of great joy is for the fleeing. Those that have to flee, those that are persecuted. 
Those whose lives are in danger. And then in verse 16, it says, And Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, so angry, that we read that he decreed the slaughter of children two years and younger. And so usually this is not something we hear as part of the Christmas story, but it's the reality that happens within the Christmas story. So this shows me that it's for the angry and the evildoers. And I have a hard time with that one. And then it goes in verse 18, and it says, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children because they are no more. This good news of great joy is for the hurting and for those who know loss. And to me, that is good news. Did you catch all the emotions in that narrative? There's anger, there's tears, there's fear, there's loss. All abiding within the same context of the Magi or the Magi's rejoicing with exceeding joy. How? Like there's all these negative emotions or feelings, you could say, but then there's also rejoicing with exceeding joy. See, sometimes we think that um, we can't hold joy and grief together. But the truth is that, or what I've discovered, is that you can. See, when, when Charlie Joy um, was born the birth of my sweet Charlie Joy, my two-year-old girl. There was so much joy that came at her birth. When I heard that first cry, I was like, oh, thank God she's breathing. Because we were afraid that she wasn't going to be breathing when she was born. But she was breathing, and that brought so much joy. But also present was the grief And fear of a diagnosis that I didn't know much about. But they were both present. And I think that it's possible for you to have both at moments in your life. And the truth is that you can have joy because God remains unchanged by circumstances. And that's the truth. God remains unchanged by circumstances. And see, God is interested in all people, and he's interested in all people experiencing joy. That's why Jesus came. And this news of great joy is for everyone, even the ones that we wouldn't want to be included. Even the ones that have hurt children. Even the ones that we would never invite to hang with us or do dinner with us. And see, and although this joy is given to everyone, not everyone responds to it. Not everyone receives it because we read that Herod was troubled by the news. 
See, his reaction, it, it, what was meant to bring joy for him brought um, anger. Uh, why? Or it troubled him because he was too into his power to receive. He was grabbing and holding on to his power so he couldn't receive this joy that it was meant to receive. And accounts written about Herod tell us how really evil he was and how controlling. It was to the point he did not want to share his throne with anyone, so he went to the extent of killing his own sons so that they would not take over the throne for him. That's how much into his power he was. But how do we get to, to joy in this season? One, we learn to receive it. And see, when, when the news was heard by the shepherds, they received it. Because you can hear something, but not receive it. Like when I was a teenager, and my mom would tell me to do something, like wash the dishes or clean up after myself, I heard it, but because I was really into Dawson's Creek, I didn't really receive her instructions. And so my mom would say, it goes in one ear and out the other. I'd be like, what? <laughs> I hear you, mom. Um, so when hearing something, there is a paying attention to that has to happen. Um, like, um, uh, there's a believing and responding and I believe that as the shepherds paid attention to the details that were being shared with them from the angel, especially the particular, the sign that there was a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and um, lying in a manger, when they processed, when they thought this through, that they were, they were shepherds. They were unclean, yet they were invited in. Because see... Had Jesus been born in a palace, people like the shepherds would know, oh, there is no way we're going to be able to go in and see Jesus because they would not be allowed in. But the detail that the baby was born in a manger told them, okay, I, I think, let, let, let's, let's see what this is about. And so... What do they do? It says in verse 15 of chapter 2 in Luke that the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And it says that they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. They believed and they obeyed. And they discovered that God had kept his word. They discovered it. They saw the baby. And see, a way that you and I receive this great joy is by hearing God's word. In John, Jesus is telling his disciples, these are my words. If you listen to them, your joy will be complete. Joy comes by listening, by hearing God's word. And let me point out to you that the shepherds were doing their ordinary jobs. 
They were doing what they were supposed to do. They were taking care and protecting their flock. And it's in the midst of the ordinary, in the moments of our daily life, that God will bring about the suddenlies. That God will allow something to happen suddenly. So in the midst of you caring for your family, in the midst of doctor appointments, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of the pressure at work, there you can be a recipient of joy. There you can be a recipient of joy. And if I'm honest, I think a lot of times I don't receive his great joy because I'm being my teenager self distracted with what the culture has said Christmas is about. And I'm not making time to focus on who Christmas is. I'm not making time for Jesus. And my friends, the truth is that our souls, your soul needs an anchor. Your soul needs an anchor. When the ground shakes, your soul needs an anchor. When the storm comes and the wind blows against you, your soul needs an anchor. And in Hebrews, the author tells us that Jesus, the word of God, the word made flesh is that anchor. That you can be joyful because it's in what God has said. It's in his word. So where is joy found? Joy is found in the good news of Jesus. In the good news of his birth, his coming, his dying on the cross, his resurrection. But this joy is not just for you. Like I've said it a million times today. It's for everyone. And I, I don't know what happens to you, but when you hear really, really good news, what do you want to do? Keep it to yourself? Share it. When I finally got engaged, and we were only dating for like three months, so I'm just like being, for me it seemed like forever. I, after, after we celebrated, I got on the phone and I called my family and I just was so excited to share with them. And then I called my closest friends and I shared with them and then finally on social media so that everybody else could know. But I just was so overjoyed that I was engaged that I wanted everyone to know. See, we have a song that says, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, right? We want to share the good news. We want to share this joy. This joy isn't meant just for you, just for me, but it's meant for the people around us. It's meant for everyone in our lives. Therefore, I want to ask you a question. Who are you going to share Jesus with this Christmas? Who are you going to invite in? See, a lot of, a lot of us, we um, sometimes 
don't share the joy of Jesus in our workplaces. We don't share the joy of Jesus while we're waiting in the longest line in the grocery line to check ourselves out. We don't share the joy of Jesus when the barista gets our drink wrong, right? And others can see our reaction. And I remember um, when I was in college, I believe, I had this co-worker. I worked at the orientation office, and I had this co-worker named Alejandra. And, and I remember this one time, and I'd go in, and I don't know. There was a joy about me that I'm asking the Lord to bring back because I really was just, like, super joyous in that season. And I remember um, I would go in work, and I would be singing a tune or humming a tune. And um, I would just, like, greet everybody with a smile and kind of, you know, those annoying happy people? That was me. And I remember my coworker, Alejandra, she's like, man, you're always happy. Doesn't anything bad ever happen to you? And I was like, girl, let me tell you. I was like, well, yeah, my home is broken. My dad's fighting addiction. My mom has her things. Could hardly make mortgage payment every month. Yeah, things happen. But it was my opportunity to share with her that there is someone who I've decided to trust in the midst of all this difficulty. In his name is Jesus. And because of him, I can choose joy even though life isn't what I expect it to be. And so we're inviting you to live joy out in your life, to receive this joy, to say, God, help me to receive this. Help me to live it out. But also, you have a postcard that is not just a butt warmer, but something you're supposed to take with you and share it with someone We'll also have digital invites that you can share. But the best invite is a personal invite. Yeah. So we're encouraging you to do that because this good news is too good to keep to yourself. See, we know that joy, the truth is that joy, lasting joy, is only found in Jesus. It's only found in Jesus. So if you are here today or you're watching online, I want to ask you, have you heard the good news that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? That he was born, died on the cross, and rose again so that you would have forgiveness of sins and go from death to eternal life. Did you know that God loves you? And that's why Jesus was given to you, to us. He sent Jesus for you. So know that you have heard. So you want to receive Jesus. I'm going to ask that everybody close their eyes right where you are. That you would close your eyes. And with everybody's eyes closed, whether you're in the room or watching online, If you want to answer yes to this question of receiving Jesus, of saying yes to Jesus today, I want to invite you with everybody's eyes closed in the room, if you could 
look up at me, and that would be your yes to Jesus. I see you. If there's anybody else, just look up at me so I can agree with you if your answer is yes. I want to receive Jesus today. I see you. If there's anybody else, I see you. If there's anybody else, just look up at me. I want to agree with you. And if you are online, go ahead and comment Jesus, and we'll know that that's you. Are you looking at me? I really can't tell because it's kind of dark back there. But if you are, I agree with you. And Lord, we thank you for the hope and joy of Jesus. Thank you that in Jesus there is forgiveness of sins. Thank you that in him there is life everlasting. And Lord, we, we rejoice with everybody that has made a decision for you today. But Lord, my prayer also is that we would all respond to your word. That Lord, we would be people to receive your joy. So Lord, my prayer is for everybody in the room that like me is fighting for joy, that today, because you are all powerful and you are able to do incredible things in our lives, Lord, I pray that they would receive your joy. Lord, I pray that they would be able to say, Jesus, in the most difficult of circumstances, I want to be reminded that my joy is found in you. So when I think or I'm deceived into believing that my joy is found by consuming all this content or all the Hallmark movies, though I love them, my joy really is found in you. So Lord, help me to receive this joy by hearing your word and by responding to it. Father, help us to invite others and to share this good news of great joy. I pray for those that are hurting. I pray for those that are experienced loss and maybe have this feeling of loneliness Lord, that you would meet them there, that your joy would find them there. And there in that place, we would receive it. And Lord, Isaiah says that you are able to turn our mourning into dancing again. That you are able to dress us with garments of praise. So Lord, that is my prayer for everyone in the room and for those watching online, that there would be this holy exchange, that we would be able to receive your joy and lay down the things that have weighed us down to you, to trust you. Help us to find you in this season, Lord, and to hold on to the gift of joy that you want to give us today and throughout this season. We love you. We thank you. 
and we're grateful for you. Amen.